Welcome to the new School of Success. I'm Nick Maytash. And I'm Julian Rosen, and we are here to flip the game of success on its head. No more hustle, no more grind. Just the tried and true principles to help you win at life on your own terms. Class is in session. Welcome to another episode of the new School of Success. This yeah, is yeah. Nick Maytash and uh, my friend that is barking across the way here, (laughs) one and only. What's your name again? Julian H. Rosen. And Julian, what are we talking about today, man? We're talking about that cash money. We're talking about those gator backs. We're talking about cheddar bones. We're talking about the bank. We're talking about money. Money, right? Yeah, we're talking about money. And Nick, what about money are we going to talk about today? Why? The reason that we're talking about money, frankly, and you might be thinking, if you've listened to all of the episodes so far, which Bill, Jenny, Linda, Linda's seen all nine, Beth, I'm sure you've seen and heard all of them here mainly because we're not doing video. (laughs) You may be thinking, well, this is the new school of success and the old school of success was all about getting money and all about hustling and grinding. So like, why are we talking about money? We should be talking more about our mindset and our emotions like you guys have been speaking about so eloquently. But we live in a world where money is involved, and it's a tool that allows us to, you know, experience things, whether it be more freedom or more more happiness or more fun. You know, it doesn't matter. Or laser tag on a jet ski. Laser tag, and I've never heard of such a thing. But that's our idea. We just copyrighted it. You don't steal that idea, listener. You are not allowed to, Linda. Um, (laughs) Anyway, but the reason we're talking about money is because, frankly, just in the same way that success has been taught to us and delivered to us a little bit incorrectly uh, as we grew up and as we kind of formed our belief system around how we're allowed to create success or how we're allowed to go out and get what we want in this world, money has kind of been delivered in a similarly skewed fashion. So we wanted to take a a minute or 45 and (laughs) to about money, what it actually is and how we can actually view it so we can one, make more of it or two, uh, appreciate it and not feel so mm, icky about it yeah. um, and really allow ourselves to to not see it as the root of all evil as some of us may have been raised. Yeah. And what Nick is eloquently saying is the, the BS that we're spoon fed growing up, whether consciously or unconsciously, whether it's told to us or we just observe it indirectly, really we have a sucky relationship with money and what it means. And when you can improve the relationship with it, not only will you experience far more freedom and clarity and fun, but you'll be able to create more of it without this sense of stress and craziness if that's what your life is calling for right now. And boy, oh boy, I think that sounds good. Yeah. I just, it just shivers my timbers. And that's, let's jump in. What do you say, Nicholas J. Maytiash? <laughs> It's, it's A, it's not J. Anita. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, let's hop in. And I, I wanted to hop in by telling the listeners, the oh, billion, yeah. billions of a, you. We got a good story for you, yes. dirty uh, dogs. So I wanted to give you a concrete and tangible example of a, a memory from my, my childhood that, that painted a certain picture about what money is or how it is treated or how it is used. And not to say it's right or wrong, but it was something that I experienced. And as my young self interpreting it through the eyes of a person with an undeveloped brain, this is how it kind of, you know, 
projected itself through the rest of my uh, young adulthood until I kind of woke up to what the, the premise of this new School of Success show is. So that story goes like this, and you may have had something similar. It may not have been as specific as I'm about to deliver it to you here, but if you have had something around the same idea as this with, with your money and, and how you saw it growing up, as, as Julian crinkles through everything he's doing over there, he can't hear me, there he is. <laughs> um, here's, what, here's what happened to me or what I experienced as a, as a youngster back in my early days. So I remember being in the drive-through of the ATM and I was with my mom. My siblings may have been with me. I have a brother and a sister. Shout out to Jeff and Britt. My mom, Ooh. Mayor. What up? But uh, my mom was at the ATM. She's getting some money out of the ATM. And I, I believe my thought was as we left the ATM, we were going to go to McDonald's or something. And um, I asked my mom if we were. She said, no, we, we can't. And I said, well, what do you mean? Just press the buttons on the screen and make more money come out. <laughs> and my mom looked at me and said, well, that's just not how it works. Um, okay. So my six-year-old brain saw my mom say this and kind of communicate to me essentially that there's a limitation here. We can't make more money come out of this thing um, based on where we're at right now. And I'm sure my mom had a budget and she was trying to you know, be strategic and realistic with how she was spending her money. Again, this is not the point. The point is I was like six and I heard my mom tell me that we couldn't take more money out. And as most of us do in terms of how we create our beliefs around things, they are formed within our brain when we're like six to 10, when yeah. we don't have a fully formed brain to work with. And then we carry those things with us for decades until they go checked and, and, and kind of uh, unpacked, if you will. So, you know, I go through the rest of my childhood into young adulthood with this, this kind of story running through my brain. And it wasn't until recently that I've remembered this story, but you know, the, this story of that we can't take more money out. And this is just a limitation that we experience. And going into everything else that I experienced in young adulthood, like that was something I always thought and carried with me. And I always felt like there was a scarcity of money that I couldn't have more. There was a certain limitation out there. And again, this is nothing to do with right or wrong on, on my parents' behalf. It's my interpretation as a kid. And this is what so many of us are dealing with is we, we have these experiences about money, whether it be you feel the negative energy in a conversation as a kid, or you have an experience similar to mine, or you maybe witness something far worse. And like you grew up in a very scarce and impoverished uh, area. You, you take that as truth. You take that as this is the way that it is. And if you never yeah. check in with that and you carry that into your professional career, uh, your adulthood and try to make more money and buy a house and all of these things that we do as we become adults with bills and taxes and stuff, you can really cripple your chances of one, making more money. And I mean, not to say that you need a ton of money to have fun, but more money does create more fun experiences. I won't lie about that. Uh huh. Uh huh. And if you don't go and check and go and check them, like we are about to check them for you right here, right now, yeah. you can really do yourself some damage in terms of your uh, capacity. Yeah. To go out and create wealth for yourself. Yeah, and let me let me yeah, let me intervene ahead, here. In. Let me intervene here. Right now is is amazing, powerful, good-looking grown-ups. We have a doorman at the forefront of our brain. Think about it. We have a bouncer, sure, who's checking IDs, and he's checking the IDs of things you see in here. Right. So now you have logic and you have reasoning. So when you see something that you just you don't think is true or it just doesn't make sense, like your doorman, your brain logic goes, that's stupid. I'm not going to believe that. Mm -hmm. When you're a kid, 
you don't have the doorman. Right. So if literally you see your parents fighting about money because it's always so scarce, remember, you don't have the doorman of reasoning saying like, oh, well, maybe this is just very situational. Maybe this isn't representative of how money works all over the world. Maybe this isn't universal. Without the doorman, little you just goes, hmm, okay, money, money is this thing that causes fighting and stress. Okay, got it. And that just goes like a gear and just starts running on autopilot until, and this is why Nick and I are such heavy utilizers of the inner work with the coaching we do with our clients. Like if that thing runs unchecked, it is going to drive your behaviors because beliefs drive behaviors. And so if you have an unconscious belief driving unconscious behaviors, you're going to unconsciously keep creating the results that you just don't like. And so, yeah, like Nick is saying, not saying that like how you were brought up was right or wrong. There is no right or wrong, but it's important to understand that if by chance you learned or absorbed any of these, these distorted truths about money or wealth or value or anything, they're unnecessary and we can remove them, which is what we're going to do today. So don't you worry, we're going to remove them so that you can just operate under your own agency, right? You can actually put yourself back in the driver's seat. And so, I think Nick's example is so amazing because six-year-old Nick, he didn't have the doorman. He just saw his mom say, hey, we can't take more out. This is a very finite, limited thing. Mm -hmm. And just I can just see you now, Nick. You probably had a goatee and you had great hair and you're just sitting in your booster seat playing with your Transformer fighters and just being like, got it, mom. And <laughs> that's how it is. <laughs> that's how it is, right? And so it's just, but here's the thing. That's not how it is. And so today, by digging back into this topic that most of us have just accepted at face value, that money is scarce, money is stressful, money is hard, uh, let's not talk about it. No, that's just a story we bought into so hard and perpetuated so much, but you can set yourself free from it. And Nick and I, both personally, but also through the people we coach, like we can tell you, we can share with you very powerful stories of once you shift the narrative, once you challenge the unconscious belief, your reality will shift too. more money. Yay. It's nice. Right. So let's talk. What, what are some of the most commonly inherited beliefs you think Nick about just in our society when it comes to money? Well, I would say that one of the, the bigger ones and kind of came up in, in the story that I told is um, one scarcity is real and you just kind of see that you observe that you absorb that. Then when you go and try to make money, you have this energy of desperation and neediness, like there's not enough to go around. So I need to really stress and exhaust myself to create a little bit more money in my life. And it becomes this very, um, it's not a fun process, like to, to make money from that energy of it's scarce. And I really need to grab what's out there. And you're, you're like kind of fighting for your life in terms of your livelihood of creating that money because you think there's just not enough to go around. Um, so that's, that's one of the major ones is that you look out and you see just a, a scarce world. Yeah. Um, another one that, that I, I think is true too is when, if you were to, to uh, you know, grow up or, or experience kind of a middle class um, upbringing, in terms of the people that were wealthy and, and you look to them or, or you kind of, kind of, you see that the people that are, have a lot of wealth, they have a lot of riches, they have houses, they have boats and all of this stuff there's, you feel a bit separate from that. 
you don't feel like the same type of human being. You feel like they are on a different level. They're just operating differently. They get to have these nice things. They get to experience these nice things. And that's just not for me. You almost see that class structure as, as definite. So you almost in a way of opposition, you, you see them as like something separate from you. And when you grow up and you want to become one of those people that makes a lot of money, if your identity is wrapped up in you are separate from that, you will continue to be separate from that. There's no way that you can join the ranks of them while feeling like you are separate from them. So those were the, the two things that I think I've seen the most is the idea yeah. that, that scarcity is real and we are separate in a way. If, if you saw that you know, there were rich people, wealthy people, the people that had this upper echelon of living, if you found yourself to be separate from them as you grow up and become an adult, if you still have that narrative running in your head that you're separate, it comes, becomes really hard to join the ranks of those people with all that money. Those mm-hmm. are the two things that I've seen. Yeah. yeah, and so I can definitely mimic that growing up in Northeast Ohio, very like blue collar you know, like work hard and, 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 and again, not shitting on hard work. That's awesome. But like scarcity was very real as well, meaning money is finite. And if there's finite, that means that you got to go out and, and, and fight for yours because more free, like if someone else has more, it means you have less because there's only a finite amount to go around. Right. And so, yeah, if that's the case, like, Oh man, you have this constant stress of like, I need more. I need more because if I'm not getting more, someone else's and if someone else's, I have less. Right. And so this unquestioned scarcity and this unquestioned more is better just literally sets our life up to be, a, it's like having a cup with a hole in the bottom, right? Like we'll never have enough. We'll never have enough because if we get, if we acquire more, well, more is not enough because more is always better. Right. And if we take a break, well, we'll shoot. Well then someone else there is getting more. And if someone else is getting more, you're getting less. Right. So like this unquestioned lie about scarcity literally sets our life up to be as like stressful and incomplete as possible. Um, so that was one I always saw. And then, yeah, same thing for you, right? Like growing up, you think like, ooh, rich people, like they're out of touch, they're snobby, they, you know, they're, 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 they're very stingy, right? And like, is that true? Well, yeah, I know a lot of rich people that suck. Do I know a lot of broke people that suck too? Yeah. <laughs> Do I know a lot of rich people that are generous and giving and just cool human beings? Mm-hmm. Do I know a lot of broke people who are generous and cool human beings? Yes. But like if you just lock into one narrative and be like, rich people are gross, rich people are out of touch, right? Like, then you're not going to allow yourself to be a rich person, right? Like you're not going to allow yourself to get into this flow of abundance and growth because subconsciously you're like, well, I don't want to be bad. I don't want to be gross. I don't want to be enemy. You you want to be a kind human being. Yeah. Yeah. And so by getting more money subconsciously, I'm betraying myself or whatever, right? Like all this stuff going unchecked, it's a boo boo ba doo boo. It's not good. It's gonna just make life suck party, and we don't want life to be a suck party. I, so, uh, here uh, before you go on, I want to interject, and I apologize if you had some momentum there. You son of a gun! Ugh. All right, go. But there, there's this very quick thought exercise that every listener, all bill, every billion listener that it's six billion and six. We hit a billion and six today. Oh, good God, we are on fire. Something that a, a, a former uh, coach and mentor of mine offered to me was a simple sentence that you had to finish. Finish the sentence, rich people are. And there's the blank. You get to finish it. If, and don't think about it. Don't like be all conscious and be like, oh, they're, they're good people. They're philanthropic. Like, Shoot from the hip. Shoot from the hip. Three, two, one, go. Yeah, three, two, one, go. Whatever you finish that sentence with, 
that tells you a lot about where your money mindset is. Because if you see rich people as the snob, as the greedy, as the, the jerks, like you said, it becomes impossible because you want at, at the very core, you want to be a good human being. If you associate rich people with, you know, snobs and greedy and, and jerks, like you're not going to take the leap into that for the sake of, of getting some money. So it's like, it, it's super quick. So pause this for a moment and finish the sentence for you, yourself. Rich people are blank, fill in that blank. And that will tell you kind of where you're at right now. And then if you listen to the rest of the episode, we'll teach you how to untangle that. If you feel like you're in a, a scarce or kind of oppositional um, mindset to wealth and money, because you can't really make much progress if you're in opposition to the energy of making money. So go on, go on, Julian. I'm sorry I cut you off. Carry on. Well, so I was going to say, we can go on all day about the ways in which we tangle up reality, the ways in which we just take the framework that we look at the world through and say, this is the truth. When in reality, it's not. It's just the framework created by, it's like the glasses we wear to look at the world. It's why two people can look at the same piece of art and say, oh my God, it's a masterpiece. And the other person can say, it looks like scribbles and it sucks, right? Like (laughs) we're simply approaching the world through our framework. So right now you may be listening to Nick and I and you'd be like, well, no, no, like money is scarce and finite. Like my bank account has a limit to it, right? Like, and, and that's fine, right? Like we just ask that you lean in right now as we talk about some of the truths about money and then you can build a framework for yourself. How's that sound? Not if you hear me, listeners. Good, okay, good, I can feel it. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Greg, you dirty nodder, you. Okay, so here we go. Like we said, here's one of the truths about money right? Like money's a piece of paper, right? Like money's a piece of paper. And if you're going to give all of your power to a piece of paper and say that this piece of paper is evil and this piece of paper turns people into snobs and it like paper's not that powerful guys, it's just paper. And if we go one step further, like money is just an expression of appreciation, right? Like it's not real meaning like the amount of money in circulation and Nick knows this, right? Like there's not even enough cash or gold or whatever to actually back up the amount of money we express, the amount of value we express through like investments and markets and bank accounts, right? Like it's literally a fake thing. Like let that sink in. Like it's just numbers that we agree are there. Sure. Like if we all went to the bank and asked for our money, they'd be like, Oh, there's we don't have enough physical cash here but the numbers still exist, right? The number's still there. What is it? Money is energy. Money is energy, right? And just like the energy that, that is powering your cell phone, right? Like just like physical energy or like the energy that we talk about in physics, right? Like it's not good. It's not bad. It's not out to get you. It's not favoring other people and, and giving you the cold shoulder. Like it's energy. It, it, it follows very predictable and repeatable behaviors and patterns, right? Like again, like physical energy, electricity, we'll say, right? Like it always runs from a more dense polarity to a less dense polarity, right? Like, and it's always going to be like that. Now you can use energy, you can use electricity for your advantage, right? You can use it to power all your things, which we've done as a modern society, or you can use it against you, right? You can put your finger in the thingy and get shocked, right? Like, but the energy itself, like if you get shocked, that's on you. The energy is not bullying you. And so when you can learn the, the, how to really, build a amazing relationship with the energy that is money, you can then use it to your advantage and not get shocked when you put your finger in the socket. You know what I mean, Nick? I, I do know what you mean. And uh, I'm glad that you said the word energy because something that I have, at least when I was first introduced 
to this idea of money being energy. I was uh, a little bit kind of muddied with my money mindset. Mm-hmm. A lot of M's, a little alliteration for you. Alliteration for that ass. Yeah. Come on. Keep talking. Keep talking. Keep talking. Um, so when I was first introduced to this idea of money being energy, I was very resistant. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that my bank account is not a bundle of energy and so on and so forth. But then somebody kind of mentioned to me, and I'll say this to the listener as well, like another word for money is currency. Current. It is energy that is exchanged from one end to the other. And another thing to, to think about in terms of this idea of money being energy is energy is often a two-way street. It is not mm-hmm. something that only comes in, right? Like it, it's a loop, it's a circuit. So when, when it comes to money, if you feel weird about sending money out, that same energy is, is kind of being communicated as, as you try to acquire more money for yourself. So like if you're being scarce about spending money, if you're really being choosy about uh, you know, nickeling and diming everything that you're trying to put out into the world to circulate the money, don't be surprised when it's hard to acquire to money, have money come back. Like if you're free flowing and trusting that the money is going to come back to you, the money will find its way back because it is energy. It is currency. It's going to continually flow in this circuit. But if you try to hoard all the money for yourself, you're cutting off that circuitry of how money works. It is a flow between you and someone else uh, or you and a business and so on. Like and think about water, right? Like if you hoard water and, and, and trap it and prevent it from flowing, it gets stagnant. And what does stagnant water get? Nasty. Gross. Right? It gets gross. And so the flow of it, right? Like the flow of it is so important to you. Like when you can get in the flow of it, you can express it and exchange it much more freely without overthinking it and obsessing it and coming from this place of of scarcity and like me and Nick we're obviously both coaches because at one point we experienced the power of coaching right and coaching requires an investment right like an investment a physical emotional and financial investment and for the longest time I was like oh shoot like what am I losing what is being taken from me at the expense of joining this coaching program right like before I did all this work all this inner work and outer work like that was my relationship with money like shoot what is this going to take from me mm-hmm. and what I realized was coaching investing energy right like a if something's free we don't pay attention if something's free the second it gets inconvenient we go well that was nice see ya right like any free app we're just like that was dumb see ya things we invest in, right? Like when we invest our energy into something, whether it's physical or financial, right? Like we pay much more attention to it. We, we, we cultivate it much more attentively, but also like think about it. If money is energy and you're investing energy in yourself, what do you think is going to happen to you, right? Where we invest energy, it expands. And so when you invest energy into yourself through a coaching program or through a personal trainer or by starting a cooking class, like whatever, right? Like don't look at it as like, man, these, like, I can't believe that they're going to reach in my pockets and take this thing that is mine because it's not, you're going to die in that money. Like money is not yours. It is energy that you're currently in the process of exchanging and flowing. Right. And so when you can find ways to strategically flow energy back into yourself, into your expansion, into what you care about. It has to expand, right? Like it has to expand like air into a balloon. Right. And so to everyone out there who's like, man, I just, 
money is energy. I don't know. Like do a little experiment and strategically invest money in yourself, whether that be, like I said, getting a massage, taking a class, signing up for a coaching program or a 30 day challenge and just see what happens when you circulate money into yourself. Right. If that so, makes sense. No, yeah, absolutely. And you know, knowing the difference between, and if you were to listen to say a money podcast or read a money book, they're going to talk about things like the difference between investing and spending, right? Like there's a return on investment that you would expect when you put money towards that. And if you are someone that is having some trouble with their money, their money mindset and so on, consider when you put money on the table, are you spending it? Meaning you're never going to see it again. Are you putting it towards things that don't bring value back to you? Or are you investing in something that is going to give you value and kind of create that current, create that circular money in money out situation. And it's not so much that you have to invest in a coach to get the value back. Like Julian said, you can invest in a massage. You can invest in a vacation that gives you this experience of freedom. You can invest in so many different things, but in terms of spending, there are a lot of ways that we can throw money around and know subconsciously and consciously that it's not going to bring anything back to us. It's just going to be us kind of making it rain. I'm, I'm doing the, the making it rain hand motion for those of us that are listening. He's like T-Pain in the club right now. I am absolutely T-Painting it right now. <laughs> I just verbalized T-Pain. Um, but the, the point being like, draw a line in the sand where you look at your expenditures, when you look at your bank account, think about how much of my money am I spending and how much of my money am I investing and, and really trying to move the needle back towards investing, invest in yourself, like hire a coach. It's the most valuable thing that I've ever done for myself. Invest in books, invest in massages, invest for things that are like self-care, gym membership, because these things, although they may not give you the monetary value back, they will fill you up because you're investing in something that brings it back to you. When you're throwing money at, at clothes or you're throwing money at, takeout or you're throwing money, like these things, you're not going to get anything back. So just trying to draw the line between what is that, uh, where am I spending and where am I investing? The more that you can bring the mindset of investing and where am I going to bring stuff back, the more you can appreciate the, the circularity of money because mm. you can be like, oh, when I, when I spend the money, I get something for this, like really get something, whether it be the mentorship of a coach or the just amazing endorphins that come from getting a massage or going to the gym five days a week, all of these things that bring value to you. Whereas everything else, you're just kind of opening the window while you're driving down the freeway and just letting it flow. Um, because that having that mindset of like, I get money and I spend it and I don't really know where it goes or how it affects me in any way that is going to just continue to um, exacerbate and kind of grow that side of you that thinks money is just this empty pit where I, I get my, my paycheck and it goes. I don't know what happens to it. Like that is going to be that situation when you're spending more than you're investing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and literally I've been practicing this for a while now and it's literally changed everything. Um, like when I get a bill or I go through my, like I'm doing expenses for my business or like even if I'm just filling up my tank of gas, like what is money? Money is value. When you express value, you're expressing appreciation. And the more you can appreciate things, the more it's going to come back. And so literally I'll be like, oh, like when the bill comes and I'm getting sushi with my wife, I'm like, I literally am like, wow, that, I appreciate that so much. I appreciate that so much. I appreciate that so much. I appreciate the ambiance. I appreciate the waitress. Like, oh, I will gladly leave this tip. I appreciate this, right? Like versus like, 
wow, what an inconvenience that I'm being charged for food, right? Like yeah. there's, there's two different ways to look at it. And choose, depending on which way you choose, that changes the perspective. The perspective changes the energy, right? And energy is everything. We're energy. So begin to invest more and appreciate more. And when you can do that, a lot of your money ickiness is going to really just work itself out. Now, to the person listening, and really who I'm talking to is me years ago, because like, I just didn't, I just didn't get how to make more money. I was like, how do I make more besides going back to school and getting a master's degree and, and be in wearing a suit and tie and doing stocks? Like I just didn't get it. And here's the truth, right? Like money is how we exchange and express value and appreciation, right? So if we want to increase the flow of it to us, we have to increase the amount of, of value we make exchangeable. Did that make sense, Nick, or, or was I too airy, Larry? Is that okay? Or I, mean, I... I get it. I get it. But l- let me try to say it a little bit differently, see if maybe it hits somebody in a different way. So what he's saying, it, absolutely true. I might actually say exactly what you said. <laughs> I'm here twice. But it is an exchange of value. So if you want the value coming in, like the monetary value on that piece of paper that money has become, well, actually, it's just a digital number on a screen, if we're being honest. Yeah. But if you want that number to be higher, the value on the opposite end, which is you, would need to increase. And you would think that like, oh, I need to, you know, buy more clothes that look nice or I need to like get a nicer car. That would increase my value and make more things come my way. I don't think that's what we're getting at. I know that's not what we're getting at. So in terms of increasing our own value, Julian, mm-hmm. what, uh, what does that look like? How do we make that happen so that more money rains upon us? Yes. So, and I'm actually, if you can see me now, I'm a, there's a post, not to quote myself, but I am a wise, 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 wise. <laughs> there's a quote. Um, okay. That I just, I put a post up about money. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, Julian underscore fearless life, do the right thing. So, but basically I was saying, okay, if money symbolizes value, right? And value symbolizes positive, desirable energy. That's all it is, right? Think about it. Think about a house. It's made of wood and brick and whatever. Think about a house. Now, if the house, if people start to appreciate the house more, the value goes up. If people start to appreciate the neighborhood more, value goes up because it's more desirable. Now, did the house change? No, the house is still wood and bricks and mortar and all this stuff. But the desirable positive energy placed upon it, when that appreciates, what happens to the value of the house? It appreciates, right? No one, like I said, like no one came and hid diamonds in the house. The house stayed exactly the same, but the positive desirable energy flowed into it increased. Therefore, its value increased. And so positive desirable energy, we are the creators of that as human beings. We are the creators of that. And if we want more positive desirable energy, which is value, which is how do we express value? Ching, 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 money. Like it starts here. If you don't appreciate yourself and you don't think you have worth, you don't think you're filled with positive, desirable energy, there's not going to be a lot left over for you to then share and flow and exchange into other people's lives. Right. So for me, when, like when the clients I work with, they want to increase their income, we immediately spend time on what are your gifts you're not utilizing? What is the positive, desirable energy inside you that you are trapping because of fear, doubt, unworthiness, whatever? That's where it starts. Because once you can connect with that and create clarity on that, well, then we can have fun and strategize ways to create opportunities for other people to experience it. Boom. And that is how you create the positive flow back to you. Um, 
it's it's explained really cool in that post of mine. So so go, go find it. So go follow me and find it. But um, but but does that make sense? Right? Like so many of us were waiting to feel worthy and valuable. We're waiting until we have more money to do that. When in reality, money is an expression of it. Mm-hmm. So you see, like so many of us are putting the chicken before the egg. They're like, okay. Once I get all this money, I'm going to feel so successful and so worthy. It's going to be awesome, but I'm having the hardest time getting it. Well, yeah, because money is just an expression of the thing you're after, right? Like it's something that you do have to assume inside and it's something they have to cultivate inside. Then you can share with other people. Then you can strategically create exchanges and opportunities for it to come back to you. And then you're like, oh, cool. Like I get to feel this all the time and I get to serve people with it. This is a lot better than operating from a place of scarcity. More is better. I need to get mine or else someone else is going to get it. Like it's two different stories. It's two different paths. And the best part is it's a choice. You're not chained to either one. It's a choice. Do you know what I mean, Nicholas? Please, please tell me, you know, I do. I do know what you mean. Uh, Yeah. In terms of the choice though, like also empower yourself to understand that the choice of bringing more value to yourself, creating more value within working on your self-worth, working on your self-appreciation, all of these things, that's completely within your control. The other game of scarcity, that is a framework of you are battling other people. That's out of your control. You are trying to, to match everybody that's in that same game. This other choice that we're encouraging you to take is one where you get full control of what your value is, what your worth is, how much you think you deserve, and so on. And another way to kind of look at this is think about when you go to pay for something, anything. Let's say it's something high ticket, it's like a car. Doesn't matter what car it is. Let's just say you're gonna, you're gonna spend $20,000 on a car. If you were to put the money on the table without the actual product, the, the value exchange, the other end of the value exchange being there, would you do it? Probably not. You would, you would wait until you saw the valuable car that you wanted to exchange your money for, and then you would make the purchase. You would put the money across the table and say, yes, now I'm, I'm in for that thing I'm, I'm going to exchange money for. Now, flip that and, and think of it more in, in terms of you acquiring money. Don't expect other people to push money across the table to you before you've shown them the value that, that honors their, their money that they're gonna send your way. Just like you wouldn't expect to just blindly throw money at something in hopes that when the money gets there, they're going to become the person that, that is worth that, or the car is going to become the car that is worth that, or the, the suit jacket is going to become the suit jacket once you, once you put the money in there. The suit jacket has to be present for you to feel comfortable with throwing the money out. Like the, the car has to be present for you to feel comfortable with putting the money across the table. The value has to be present for you to feel comfortable on that exchange. So in the reverse, when money's coming to you, your value that you would like to have exchanged for the money coming in, it has to be present. It has to be out in the open. It can't be something that you have this mindset of, well, when the money comes, that's when I'm going to increase the value. That's when I'm going to step into the worthiness. That's when I'm gonna feel deserving of it. You have to show up there first in order for the money to come your way. And again, it feels like it might be out of your control to do that, but it's all self-worth. It's all self-value and self-appreciation. It's really digging into why are you valuable? What skills do you have? What do you deserve in this life? Everything. 
Mm -hmm. Like all of it is within your control. So out of the two choices that Julian mentioned, take the second option, take the red pill. Is that what the matrix says? Anyway. I think it's a magenta pill. He mixed them. No, I'm just kidding. It was definitely red pill or blue pill. It was one of those two pills, but take the right one. Good, good, good. Take the right, take the, take the correct pill. But the point being this whole idea of money, it's an exchange of value when you raise your value and not the value externally, not the amount of money you have in the bank or the car you have in the driveway or the suit that you're wearing, but when you increase your internal value, then the money exchange becomes becomes easier because people will see that value that you're putting out into the world, that person that you're showing up as, that person that shows that I am worthy of myself and deserving of everything that I'm I'm looking for, then they'll be willing and and ready and, and just so open to giving you that money but some of you are, are still hesitant to, to go first, to take the action, to feel into your worthiness and your deserving. Live a little boldly. boldly. Yeah, live a little boldly. Why not? And we're not saying also that you're going to start doing this tomorrow and then somebody's going to pay you by Friday. Like, it, it's a process. Like, digging into who you are and who you want to be and showing up as that person. Mm-hmm. It's not instantaneous, but it's worth it because on the other side of you putting in that internal work, this whole money game gets fun. It doesn't get stressful. It doesn't get yeah. sacrificial. It becomes like this game that feels a little bit like Monopoly. And yeah. you just have fun with it. Yeah. And the, and the last thing Nick and I will say is like, we've walked this walk many times with our clients and we've, we've orchestrated and helped people create massive transformations internally and externally. And yes, that involves them increasing their earning potential and income. And that's great. But personally, I can attest to once I really stopped waiting on things to prove to me how valuable I was. And I just doubled down on my gifts and realized how valuable I already was shortly after. And I'm not saying it's a week or a month. Like it's very different. Like massive improvements happened to my income and my ability to create impact and to serve and to exchange value. I think Nick can tell you something similar in terms of when he decided that he was going to double down on the things that already made him valuable, the stuff inside of him, the stuff that he knew and his stories and his gifts and his struggles and his expertise and didn't wait for other people to validate it with money. He just went inside. He said, no, no, this is important and valuable. Therefore, I'm going to start sharing it with people. Hey, Nick's financial reality expanded as well. Why? Because he was appreciating it. He was flowing positive, desirable energy into it and like putting air into a balloon. It's going to grow. These are repeatable principles. You are not excluded from these. So come and join the party. So in closing, I would just like to remind you that to get a little, to get a little uh, lovey-dovey, like you already have the worth, you already have the value, mm. but just like gold in a mine, right? Like if you just keep it in the darkness, I don't care how much gold you have in your gold mine. If it just, if you just, if it just stays in there, no one's going to know. No one's going to know of the value. It's not exchangeable in the gold mine. Even if you have billions and trillions, right? Like you're still broke because you're not going in there and, and mining the things that make you amazing and bringing them out for the world to see and interact with, right? So spend a little time in your own gold mine, right? Don't be afraid to go in there. It's dark and kind of spooky sometimes, but it's where the good stuff is. Go in there, mine it out, and uh, just realize that it's already there. You just got to go internal and get it right so that's what i will say in closing nicholas how would you like to say goodbye to our guests on this fine evening afternoon day morning whenever you're listening to this i i will close with uh a little tactical thing that i think might be helpful for some of you 
Karate uh, chop. Karate chop of tactical <laughs> execution here is Julian mentioned and talked a bit about showing more appreciation for the money that he was putting out into the world because it is an exchange of appreciation. You appreciate something, so you throw money at it. When people appreciate you, it's they- like breath. It's like breath. You want it coming in and out, in and out. So what I will offer as a little tactical piece that you guys might want to do at home is something that I do every once in a while, probably once a week, is I, I just call it bless the bank. I open up my bank account and I just scroll through the entire thing and any, any expense, any income, anything that is listed there, I will show appreciation for it over the last week or so. So whether it be the water bill, most of us, and like me in the past would have seen the water bill and be like, oh, Again, with this thing. Water. What an inconvenience. You've got to be kidding me with the water <laughs> or the electricity. And I would be like, oh, another one. But now I look at it and I, I truly like look for that piece of gratitude. Yes, there was a certain amount of money that left my bank account for the water. But guess what? I have water. And I can take a shower. And I love, can drink. Love, love. It's fun. And the electricity comes in. Oh, I can be on this call with Julian because of my electricity. So it's worth it. And all of the things that maybe in the past you would have been frustrated by. When you look at your bank account, find gratitude for them and find gratitude for the ones that you are excited by. Like when the money comes in and you see that, like celebrate that, have fun with that. Don't, don't have the energy of you see that and you're like, yeah, but that's all going to these other bills that I've been frustrated by. Honor everything, appreciate everything, find gratitude for everything because if it is showing up in your bank account, whether it be an expense or income, it is it is a part of, of the life that you're living. So show appreciation, show gratitude, whether it be the coffee that you bought at Starbucks or the gas that you put in your car or the money that came in from the amazing client that you have, celebrate it, honor it, and just enjoy the exchange of money because the more enjoyment and celebration you have around money, the more money will honor you because you get to have fun with it. So that's my closing for that. Julian, where can they find us on the social media networks? Okay, here we go. You can find Nick at Nick underscore moving past mediocre. Wow, he knows my that's where, that's where you can find Nick. And he's like, guys, he's taking his content to a whole new level. He, like you want value on the daily besides this amazing podcast, go follow Nick and it's just a daily dose of amazing. You can find me, Julian, J-U-L-I-A-N, Julian underscore fearless life. I'm doing the same thing. I'm hucking and a chucking and a giving out the good stuff. So come on and find us follow us. And the last thing, sincerely, we would appreciate a review on iTunes because in order for us to be found by more people and impact more people, plus Nick and I have huge egos and we just like to, you know, we just like to get seen. No, just kidding. This is, this is an impact driven podcast. Um, it would, if you got anything from this, it would mean the world to us if you took 60 to 72 seconds and just left a really great review. If you don't like us, please don't leave a review. Just, just please don't. Just dip. Why are you, here? Why are you still listening to this if you didn't like us? And uh, other than that, just, we appreciate you being here, guys. We really, really do. We want to hear more from you. So on social media, tag us or DM us. We would love to answer your questions um, and follow up on anything you heard today. And, uh, you know, and that could be a quick conversation, a book recommendation, anything like that. We got your back. So thank you for listening. We will catch you with the next lesson when school is in session on the new school of success. Catch See you, later, you guys. Friends.